What's coming up on the show tonight? But let's start off by introducing this man here, Silas Mashava. He's with the um, Dreamfields Project and uh, he's the head of sustainable football. Silas, thank you so much uh, for joining us here on the home of the Afropolitan. Uh, welcome. Hi, thanks, Musibudi, for having me. Let's start off with a simple question What is the Dreamfields Project? Well, um, the Dreamfields Project has focused around creating sustainable football programs for for school going uh, kids uh, uh, in the primary school area mm-hmm. we've been at it for now 11 years uh, where we've been going around the country affording kids the opportunity to play the lovely game and we do that uh, on many various levels but the fundamental one is that every child should have an opportunity to play uh, football in a structured way, as you said, that I think one of the most important challenges is that kids don't play structured football enough. They they play football often in a knockout competition. Yes, lots of tournaments. Um, yeah, football. there's nothing that says if we win today, we have another chance next week. If we lose next week, we've got another opportunity to to go back up. So I think that's been our uh, one of the biggest. Um, thing that we've been really focusing on on ensuring that kids uh, get to play this game in a structured environment give um, a, give us an idea Silas because 2007 might seem like yesterday to many of us but it's actually a long time ago <laughs> um, how many kids have come through the Dreamfields program how many leagues have you been running in how many provinces around South Africa in that 11 year period so I mean our, our journey has been quite um, Interesting because when we started, we had the World Cup uh, ahead of us in 2010 and our focus obviously was different then because we had this big event and our focus was in ensuring that kids get a taste of what the, the World Cup is about. So then we focus on uh, ensuring that kids have got a soccer kit, have got opportunities to play in leagues and we, we, we had a very good uh, run uh, heading to the World Cup where we managed to afford over 300 schools. We're playing um, structured league games and uh, we handed out a lot of e- equipment. The uh, dream bags. The dream bags. Um, we also had a lot of events uh, that were just uh, to create awareness around the World Cup that was coming to South Africa. And we also built um, soccer field uh, for those the, the, the most of the rural areas that we, we worked in. Then came the World Cup and the party was over and we had mm. a big hangover. And all the people that had been giving you money said, what, what do you want money for? The World Cup's over. Yeah, the, the World Cup is over. Then just prior to the World Cup coming, we started to ask ourselves, what are we going to do with all this kit that is out there in the schools? And that's when we engaged with the partners in the Department of Education to to bring back the soccer leagues. As you, as you remember, there was a time when we just played knockout, 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 knockout. So we, we embarked on that journey where we, we encouraged schools to sign up to the Dream Leagues, where in a cluster uh, we would get schools to play. We organized the fixtures, we organized a trophy, which as, as small as it sounds, it's actually a big thing because kids need to identify with what they see in the PSL, what they see on the EPL mm. at the end of the season and there's medals and stuff. So we we did that very well between 2009 and 2013. 
uh, where we had almost uh, 150 leagues. 150 and, leagues, and, and, wow. and these were groups of schools. So, I mean, these were clusters, so not just one school. So that was quite an, a, a good so run. So this is, this is tens of thousands of kids. Tens of thousands. Then after that phase, one of the things that we, we, we always had been focused on, on is on the quality of football. I've, I've watched many games, many school games, and we've always been concerned that yes. kids don't know what to do with the ball. They Salas, just play the tennis up and down, kicking the ball and so forth. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's exactly what you're talking about because if you're just tuning in, that's the voice of Silas Mashawa. He is the head of sustainable football at the Dreamfields Project and we're just trying to understand uh, what we can learn from this very successful project that's been running for over 10 years in South Africa, getting kids to play regular organized leagues football and what he's talking about now is that initially they set up the leagues the kids were playing the leagues and after the leagues were working well for a while then they said well, hold on what about the quality this is what Jabu Pule was talking about a few weeks ago we interviewed him maybe two months ago and we said why is this Cop and Donner that these kids are playing you go and watch sometimes you don't know what you're watching hey come on Paula keep away now and so the next phase then came and you decided Small-sided games. Small-sided games. We, we, we observed that a lot of kids were not comfortable with the ball. They, they didn't have an idea what to do when the ball came to them. And with that, the increased pressure from the coaches. I'm sure you've seen mm-hmm. a couple of the coaches on the sidelines. They're screaming and shouting. And you're like, this is an under-12 game. What's yeah, up with this guy? Yeah, so we, we then said, okay, let's, let's break this down. Because I think football is, is a simple game. In, in, and in often of the cases, it's always one against one. You're faced with a defender and, and, and you have to find a solution to deal with that. So we then embarked on a, on a program which we, we now call the internal leagues, where we have schools, about 375 schools across the country that are playing five-a-side games. So this is a league inside the school where between the grades four and seven, we set up teams. Uh, in a school, they go and select themselves into teams of five. They get a name for themselves. We give them a fixture. And on a weekly basis, they play against each other in a league format. Within the school? Within the school. There's no traveling. There's no expenses of, of, of ferrying the kids around. And and obviously, this for us has always been that because of the, the challenges around the funding of school sports, we're, 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 uh, the schools are not able to maintain... Mm. Um, the schedule of having to go play another school. So we wanted to, to take away all of those, um, the restrictions and the challenges around allowing kids to play. And that's why we ventured out into creating these leagues in, inside the schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and from that, um, we'll talk a little bit about are there any fruits that you're starting to see from kids playing more small-sided football? But any, any project that has lasted this long and that has involved this many kids, you've made mention of the Department of Basic Education, has had to have partners. Tell us about your relationship, number one, with the Department of Basic Education, being the custodians of our schools where we need to inject school sport if, if we are to succeed. And number two, with uh, the mother body of football in South Africa, SAFA, because I know you have had dealings with them in terms of uh, coaching courses for some of the teachers. Tell us about those two main relationships. Well, the, the the most important one has always been the Department of Education as we work inside the school. And they've been our partner since inception. They sit on our board and that has allowed us the uh, access to ensure that we are able to work with schools 
and they've been a wonderful partner. You know, the, the there's always the challenges that you obviously meet throughout. But I think, you know, when you talk about mass participation, there's no better space than schools. You've got mm. hundreds mm. and millions of kids who are available there. You've got the teachers, the workforce who are readily available and closest to the action. So it's been one of the most important um, partnership for us to work with the Department of Education. And obviously, when whenever soccer is involved, you need to ensure that the people and often other teachers have the know-how. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've worked um, very closely with staff on the issue of coaching. We've taken most of the teachers on on the courses uh, to ensure that they they have the know-how they the, have the D license introduction yes, yeah, to coaching we, we've done almost uh, I'll, I'll say close to to 20 of those around the country to ensure that the coaches who are at the front line of of ensuring that the kids have the basic skills to to engage in the game to understand what they need to do they're also skilled because i think we we have a, a real backlog when it comes to coach yeah. education. We we are we are coming from uh, a zero base in terms of uh, ensuring that the people who are really involved, especially at the grassroots. You know, I think we we we, we, we often take it for granted. If you go anywhere outside the world, the most qualified coaches work with the kids are the ones who are working in the yeah. grassroots. So we, we 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 still have a long way to go on ensuring that we. We bridged that gap. And have you found, if you're tuning in, we're talking a football, football development. Silas Mashava is our guest of the Dreamfields Project, learning from their experiences of working with thousands of kids around the country, working for over a decade, and having had uh, good faith in donor in donors. That's almost at uh, 50 million rand over that that uh, period of uh, 11 years. Have you found that teachers are willing? To get involved because sometimes, uh, well, in the past, there has been the feeling that from some teachers, they're already overburdened with their own responsibilities in the classroom. And the last thing they want to do is spend their free time coaching kids. What has your experience been? Can we generalize and say most teachers are willing to coach the kids? Most of the teachers are willing. Um, They are willing. Though, as as you rightly say, increasingly over the last few years, we've, we've noticed that the, there's been a lot of pressure on them to deliver, obviously, on the curriculum. And the, the last thing they want to do after uh, school is to mm-hmm. go out for another two-hour session to be on the field. So we've, we've balanced it out on, in, 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 in some of the, the rural areas, especially because most of our work is done in the rural areas to try and, and bring in a lot of the young guys who are involved in football to lend uh, support in the school in, uh, in environment to come in and assist mm. the coach to ensure that they, they, that the kids are never left stranded if the teacher has got um, a course or workshop to attend and those sort of. So I think in 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 large, the teachers have played a bigger role in in ensuring that we we get to where we are. I mean, if you look at the numbers, uh, we've got three hundred and. 75 schools, we've got over 34,000 kids playing every week in and out and a lot of that is because there's always a teacher at a school who's keen to who stay in after school and, and ensure that their kids have a chance to play uh, soccer. Yeah. Mm. With the small-sided games, the introduction of that and focusing on the quality of football, we remember last year when you celebrated your 10-year anniversary you hosted uh, um, a festival here at the Discovery Soccer Park 
which was deliberately selected because of the fact that it's a five-a-side arena and you are talking about the quality of football. It's been shown around the world, uh, whether you go to Brazil and it's futsal, whether you go to the to the Dutch and uh, they start with cones, using yeah. putting the kids between cones, that uh, when you play that small-sided uh, game as a youngster, you get more touches, you learn to control the ball, you learn to understand space. And uh, unfortunately, with the modernization of the game in South Africa, we did away with things like challenge, one pile, <laughs> which was essentially a small-sided game. So introducing that in the schools, have you found an improvement in the quality of play, in the kind of football awareness that, that the kids have? Yes, we have undoubtedly. I mean, we, we've worked with many kids and, and you, you can see that from the beginning, they always struggle because they're not used to the confined space. As, as you can imagine, so they they struggle a bit, but once they master it, it it helps them to understand that when I have the ball, I have to do a simple thing. Look where I'm going to pass. If there's no opening, I need to dribble. If I need to to pass, I need to create space for the person that I'm passing the ball to. I mm-hmm. cannot just pass the ball and stand. And you know? stand still. So the game in itself is, is such a a big role in 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 in, in teaching the kids the fundamentals that they. When they get into a game um, environment, it plays out for itself that soccer is is a mobile game. Soccer is a communication game. Soccer is um, availing yourself. And and the beauty about the FIFA side is that kids learn to play all the positions. You are mm-hmm. not a defender. You are not a striker. You learn to play football. You learn how to pass. You learn how to control. You learn all those basic fundamentals that a soccer player needs. I mean, if you look interestingly at, at, at the, the number of touches that a child would, would be exposed to in a, in a short space of 10 minutes to, to, I mean, to 15 minutes, is almost close to 30 passes that a child would be able to engage, which otherwise, even if they played on a full-size field, uh, 11 against 11, they would not be exposed to that. Mm-hmm. So we found that through the game, the kids learn so much more in that short space of time and they learn to interact with the game with much um, confidence than they uh, they previously had, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And Brian Maloy was here just a few weeks ago talking ex- about exactly that point that uh, um, some of the, the football science is, says that 2,000 touches is kind of the, the, the benchmark that a youngster needs um, to develop and, and, and become aware and be ready to then take that next step yeah. when they are a, a teenager to then now start playing football on a competitive level. And once you, they're on 11 aside and then they've got these young kids doing road work, doing laps, <laughs> not touching the ball, asking yourself, what's happening? Frog jumps. Frog you said, Ish, yo. Um, yeah. so, so, so clearly, um, five, a small-sided game in whatever form is, is a way in which we teach the young children especially to master the ball and be in control of the ball. Lastly, there'll be a lot of people listening here, Salas Mashaba, as we say goodbye, because we could talk for hours, a really interesting uh, topic, as we try and learn from the experience of the success of the Dreamfields project over the last uh, 10, 11 years. They'll be listening and thinking, I want to learn from these guys, number one. Number two, I need to have a league like this somewhere close to me for my kids in my school, even if it's an internal league. How do people get hold of you to find out more about this and specifically about some of the leagues and how they can get their schools involved in in these leagues? 
You know, the the beauty about uh, the Five Aside project is that it's a simple game to 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 set up in your school. For for instance, you know, a lot of schools have got those old desks frame, which you can be able to use as a goalpost. You need a cone or two to set out the the markings outside. It, it doesn't require a lot of space. You only need about um, 15 to 20 meters of space, which you can be able. So it, it is one of those simple things that you can initiate within your school with a basic uh, equipment, mm-hmm. a soccer ball, cones, and those desks as your goalpost. Uh, we, we are available on um, on the internet. They can go and visit our website, www.dreamfulsprojects.org. Uh, we're also available on, on all the social media uh, platforms. Um, and, and obviously, we, we are keen to engage with schools that are, are quite keen to, to have some sort of a program for the kids to be able to, uh, to participate. It, it's not just about soccer. I think that's always been the most important thing that we see ourselves mostly as a school enrichment program where mm-hmm. we allow kids who ordinarily would not have the opportunity to play football. And this is a gateway that allows them to, to play a game or two, to make friends, yes, to, to, to learn fun. a thing or two and have fun. Once in a week, they can be able to do that in a very simple way without the restriction. And, 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 and hopefully, you know, one of these good days, there'll be many kids who, who would say we, we had the chance to play football and here we are now uh, as the pros. You know? Yes, as yeah. Bafana Bafana team that's qualified for the World Cup. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are banking on that. Incidentally, as we say goodbye, um, the dream bags are they still available? And that that ball, that 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 ball, shall I call it? <laughs> yeah, that, the uh, that ball. all terrain ball that can be used on any gravel or. Yes, they're, they're all available for sale. Uh, so if if you are interested on in that, you can be able to reach us uh, at the Dreamfield Project. They're all available. The dream bag, the dream seat kit. What comes um, in the dream bag? Just one more time. Uh, the dream bag is is a kit for fifteen players. The soccer boots, shin guards, shorts, socks, uh, the t-shirts, and and a coach shirt, all packed up to really like a starter pack for a soccer team. Mm-hmm. And, and it's how much? Uh, it's it's going at nine thousand rand. Yeah. Beautiful. Salas Mashaba, Head of Sustainable Football at the Dreamfields Project. Thank you so much for chatting to us and sharing some of your experiences. I think we've we've learned a lot and certainly there'll be those that uh, will be interested in this. Uh, If you want to get in touch with them, you've heard, you can also just uh, get in touch uh, with me here, uh, Musibudi at KFM, if you phone uh, 086-0000959 and ask for me. Uh, Someone should be able to give you my details and let's see if we can sort you out. We need more of this. The more kids play football and we will have that one that one or two that three or four or five or eleven that uh, will go on and do bafana bafana and banyana banyana proud because girls play in the dream fields uh, leagues as well salas thank you so much for talking to us and uh, all the best thank you very much stay, stay tuned. tuned stay tuned to kaya fm for more